It's a dark day. Your husband has passed away. You've got two kids to raise on your own now. How does one get their groove back? Well, we could murder somebody. Yep. We're talking about practical magic today. I am here with Brittany. Hello, hello. And Amber. Hello. And I'm Lilith. <laughs> and let's get one of those classic Brittany breakdowns. Oh my God. <laughs> First of all, Lilith, that uh that opening. Entertaining. But I don't know if I would quite describe the movie that way. <laughs> so I'm gonna start off that I'm extremely biased when it comes to practical magic, and I will fisty cuff any who says it's a bad movie because to me this is a phenomenal movie and it is definitely in my top five it is actually probably number two in my top five like that's mm. it that is up there high how praise much I love this movie for me yeah mm. <laughs> just to give you a quick little rundown of what happens basically these two sisters they had a living family they're from a family of witches and low-key they were cursed even if they don't call it a curse they were cursed their dad ended up dying because their mother loved him and the mother died of a broken heart and they ended up living with their aunts which I'm going to preface this I have not read the book but I'm assuming that the aunts are actually great aunts and not direct aunts yeah because the way that they dress is very much like an older style I think they were meant to be great aunts maybe even older they're witches yeah and and the townsfolk too they always talk about how they don't age which (laughs) like true also makes sense because who knows how long they've been there chilling out not aging right i'm gonna say they're like great or great great aunts the two little girls end up growing with them and they got to be in this house full of magic which that house is my dream house the minute i make it big in this world i am going to buy the practical magic blueprints and i am going to build that house that is yes. a beautiful house I oh want yeah that house. that's a fun fact because barbara streisand after seeing the movie wanted to purchase the house but the house itself was actually a set that was built on public land so they had to tear it down afterwards Aww. as Brittany was saying they did release the blueprints so if you wanted to make that house and we're so inclined you can do it yeah just you have to have funds <laughs> yeah yeah that's the that's the other part yeah I guess just a dream and some gumption isn't going to really get you there I right. gonna have to have the funds and the crew yeah. to do it <laughs> just, just a little bit extra yeah these girls grow up in a beautiful magical house they get to do spells and stuff jillian the red-headed one who is played by nicole kidman when she grows up she's like a wild child she just wants to get out of this small town and live her life and then there's sally the brunette who grows up to be sandra bullock she's like i don't want to be like my mom i don't want to fall in love i'm gonna do this spell that basically i'm gonna want this guy but he doesn't exist so i'm gonna set myself up for failure so that way i'll never fall in love and therefore i won't die of a broken heart like you know kid luck whatever yeah 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 because i mean like she saw what happened to her mom so it makes sense right because of that she grows up she kind of stays away jillian as a i'm gonna say teenager early 20s she runs off with one of her boyfriends and gets out of the town to live her wild child life is that the scene where they have a little thing on the balcony and they make the blood pact yeah yeah okay because i thought it was kind of funny when they did that because they had their little blood pact moment 
but they're hugging each other but and they're they have like light clothes on. Yeah. They just cut huge gashes in their hands and her shirt's clean when she comes back. Like, It'd be fair if you notice Nicole Kidman was clutching her fist when she hugged her and that was the fist that yes. had the blood in it. But Sandra so Bullock makes, was not. But Sandra Bullock was not and that was the one that I was looking at. I was like, oh, because she had her hands like flat on her back. You could see when she came back her shirt did not have blood on it. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Just a little kind of funny. Yeah. The meddling great aunts were like, man, Sally's just really holding herself up here. Let's cast a little spelly spell because mm-hmm. she needs to loosen up. She needs to meet a man. She needs to get out and enjoy the world. Whatever their thought process is, it felt like it was good intentions, but they kind of set the spell to get going so that way she would let herself enjoy a man. Well, oh dear. they didn't expect her to fall in love with said man. And then she had two kids with said man. And then man got hit by the curse and he died. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's crazy because they give you a fake out. Yeah. But it's like bikes. And I'm thinking, could he really just get murdered by a bunch of people on bikes? Like, Yeah, like it happens. It was, oh, yeah. I was just sitting there thinking, I mean, I guess it could happen this way, but it doesn't seem likely. <laughs> and the road was very clear before he turned around. So oh, it was just kind of interesting. It just doesn't seem likely. I mean, it's not supposed to because it's, it's not supposed it's to. Yeah, it's magic. But, you know, that actually could be then that they are setting it up this is magical shit so i say this is okay and makes sense yeah because it's definitely definitely heavily implied magic throughout the whole thing yeah she goes distraught to the ants and then that's when she found out it was a spell and then she's like please bring him back and they're like we can't do that because even in this movie there seems to be laws about bringing back the dead that seems to be a common magic law across all realms yeah (laughs) it does seem like just about everything if you try to res somebody they're like "Mm, i don't know you messing with some shit there yeah yeah it's a it's like a law of nature that is not to be crossed yeah which makes sense so they refuse she's upset so she's like okay well i'm a widow now we're gonna have to move in with the ants but to her two girls she's like you're not gonna learn magic you're not gonna eat candies and chocolate you're gonna brush your teeth before bed no fun stuff that i had in my childhood forget that (laughs) yeah that's kind of (laughs) lame i feel like she was kind of bitter because of the curse yeah that yeah. that makes sense but really don't take it out on your kids homie well yeah at least the candy come on let them have candy. let them have the cake let for him. breakfast mom yeah doesn't like a breakfast cake that's what a pancake <laughs> is a pancake is a breakfast cake yes that's that is correct <laughs> <laughs> yeah give them them breakfast cakes yeah sometimes it even has chocolate chips in it Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you get candy in your pancake. Candy and cake at the same time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So after that, we kind of get like a little letter writing montage between Sally and her sister Jillian, where Sally's just kind of telling her about her life. And then Jillian's like, yeah, I met the love of my life and his name is Jimmy Angel Love. And he's so <laughs> rad. And he's already giving kind of some bad vibes but you're like all right sure he's so great but he's like an absolute beast and she had to drug him to be able to sneak out because when she got the letter about her sister's husband dying she went to go visit her but to be able to visit her she had to drug jimmy so she could leave in the dead of night to go visit her sister yeah which i'll be honest when i was watching this the first time there were a couple pieces i think that that I missed when I looked down or something like that because I thought that 
she was drugging him because she wanted to sleep because they were banging too much. It was both. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It was, I only yeah. picked up on one of those things and not the other. So that makes sense. No, it was both. That actually makes a lot more sense. Yeah, he was really possessive over Jillian. That's suspicious. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. So she sneaks into the house and her and Sally have like this beautiful powwow where they talk and they reminisce and all that good stuff. And then Jillian leaves, goes back to Angel Love. You know, life kind of happens for Sally. And then Jillian's like, help me because Jimmy Angel Love is acting fucking crazy. So Sally leaves. I think it's when the sisters took the girls out to dance naked for the full moon. The nudity was optional. The, the nudity oh, was, was optional, yeah. but they definitely did it. Yeah. As you well remember. <laughs> yes, as you well remember. It, yeah, it was the like solstice celebration because they were like special people at it. And they were like, well, we can't just not go. And she's like, OK, kind of- but I don't want the girls dancing naked under the full moon. And they're like, no, of course, darling. You remember the nudity's optional. Yeah. You don't have to be sky clad, yeah. but you can if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> I think the kids chose to be naked, too. They probably totally <laughs> did. They came back they and they did. were like, we danced naked under the moon. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. And they were like, fuck the police. We're going to dance naked if we want to. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, good for them kids. But while they were out on their trip, Sally went to go get Jillian. Jimmy basically hijacked their car and forced himself in there, holding a gun to Sally's head and basically being like, Jillian's mine, blah, 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 some bullshit. I don't know. He's like really drunk, drinking his little worm drink. Yeah. Is Is that what it was? The tequila thing with the worm? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know the name of it, but it's like a thing. Yeah. Mm. But he oh. tried to fucking brand her. Yeah. yeah. He, he was gross. Jillian kind of used some magic and was like, Sally, you need to put the shit in this drink. And so she's like, let me have a sip. Let me have a sip. And he passes the alcohol bottle to her and she takes a swig like a champion because, you know, that had to taste like ass. Oh, yeah. And, then, and she's driving, um, which. Whew. Yeah. And then she put the little it, it was an herb. I can't remember the name of the herb. Was it Belladonna? It, it looked like Belladonna. little crystals. Mm-hmm. It was something. It was Belladonna. It was Belladonna. Belladonna. Okay, so she kind of did it hastily because it's an intense situation. So she put it in there, shook it up, and then passed it back to him. And he was drinking from it. And Jillian and Sally just kept watching him. It's like, why in the fuck is he not out? He should be out by now. But he's like really fucked up, like really fucked up. And he gets out of the car to pee and then he kills over, right? No. No. They hit him over the head and then he kills over. No, I don't remember this part then. He goes out. He takes a long, hot piss he gets back right. in and he's like yeah. getting up in jillian's face in the back seat and she's like oh baby no and don't and he fucking starts her. strangling her right yeah yeah okay. sally jumps on his back and's hitting him and then all of a sudden he just passes out and jillian's like sally he's out he's out and then they push him up a little bit and they're like oh fuck he's dead yeah and then jillian's and like, like how much did you fucking give him and she's like i don't know jillian i can't measure right <laughs> I'm yeah just well, like using your hands while you're also driving. Yeah. I was sitting there the whole time. I was like, just leave him. He's out there peeing. He's drunk as a fuck. Just leave him. Well, he had the keys. Oh, he had the keys. Oh. He took the keys when he went to go take a piss. I mean, he was a piece yeah, of yeah, shit. He had, his, he had his bases covered. I also did find the yeah, name of that right. tequila. Some, uh, it was, was it? Diablo de Flores. Devil Flower? Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Because of the roses oh. that grew out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
okay, we got some literary connections here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they basically drive him all the way to their house because he's dead and they drag him out and Jillian's like, we have to bring him back. We have to bring him back, which I don't understand why. At this point, I would have dumped his body, but you know. Big time. Whatever. Yeah, because like, especially like, you're not going to bring back like her loving husband, but you're going to bring back this piece of shit that should not be around (laughs) anymore. They wouldn't bring back the husband because they said he would come back as something dark and unnatural. But Jillian was like, well, he's already dark and unnatural. So how fucking worse can it get? Spoilers. It got really worse. And I think Jillian still had love for Jimmy. Yeah. Because abuse victim. Yeah. It's rough. So they do the spell to bring him back. And then when they were about to what I'm assuming was Lance, his eyeballs. Yeah, they had to stick um, the needles in his eyes. Well, his eyes popped open. Surprise, motherfucker. And then he started trying to choke Jillian again. But this was the funniest fucking thing because he fucking hops up and he starts choking her. But he's just screaming, I want you to be my wife. And and he's just a little bow rat to me. Yeah, because he's just going, my wife. (laughs) Be my wife. Yes. (laughs) And it's the funny, like, it's so, it's so serious. And it's such like a horrifying scene. And he's just like, I want you to be my wife. (laughs) He's definitely like zombed up. So I get that maybe you wouldn't speak the same way that you did before. But it's so funny. Yeah, I'll give it to you. It was pretty funny. Yeah. And then, you know, Sally knocked his ass out with what was it cast iron skillet? Like a oh yeah yeah it was a skillet yeah. Yeah. Old cast iron it was cast iron oh Not yeah to dunk a dunk. <laughs> it was, oh it was so cast iron. so she technically murders him twice yeah <laughs> she did murder him mm-hmm. twice yes nice um, well she says that she says that later because she was like oh yeah a couple of times <laughs> when asked if they killed him she just goes yeah a couple of times yeah a couple of times yeah <laughs> Jeez. I do that? he ends up what they assume as dead so they bury him in the garden as one does they're right by the ocean but please just put him in the ground right stupid as hell but whatever and they think their troubles are gone and then the ants come in with the kids and they're like some shit's kind of off but you know what we're gonna keep our mouth shut yeah and they notice not to tell them that there's a body buried in their yard (laughs) and they notice jillian and you know they're like oh don't worry the guy that gave you that bruise he'll get what's coming to him she's just kind of like uh-huh uh-huh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they kind of go about their lives and then here comes everyone's favorite part the midnight margaritas yeah the midnight margaritas so good the lime and the coconut yeah. and shake, shake it, it all up, up. <laughs> <laughs> so they make these magical midnight margaritas and they're having a ball and it's the best time they get real and, fucked and up you, they yeah. get really fucked up and you start to notice i think the aunties put a little bit of something something in those drinks because those were truth bombs it, so i don't think it was the aunties unless the bottle at the end of that scene is the same bottle from the beginning the same bottle from the beginning it's the devil flowers yeah yeah which was the bottle that had the poison in it the belladonna you know? yeah 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 because they start singing the song that he was singing oh he was singing oh okay in the car like, he had been singing that song and that's why they stop and they're like uh that's a good point oh, yeah. then it probably wasn't the aunties it was probably what was left over in the margaritas and then they kind of did their own magic 
magic to it because it's midnight margaritas. You're telling me they're not casting spells on that shit oh, to make they're it probably <laughs> putting all kinds of yeah. shit in that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so they start acting nuts and everybody's truth bombing each other and you're like, oh yeah. my god. And it starts Shit's out light, real. but then just keeps getting more and more vicious as each person starts just saying more and more deeper truths, you know? Yeah. Because at one point they're even like, where did that come from? Yeah, like, because they even seem surprised that they said something that mean, yeah. you know? And then it kind of came out, basically, the truth that they kind of murdered a guy and he's buried in the backyard, but they tried to resurrect him oh, first. And you know what it is? You know what? I just realized it just now that alcohol, they were like, where did that come from? Because, you know, it was magically put there by the ghost of the dude or whatever, but he was mean. So they were being mean because this is like his spirit basically speaking or whatever through this alcohol. Yeah. So I think that that was his thing in there and not necessarily exactly what was in it, but it's like his spirit kind of sneaking in and tainting everything. Don't drink mystery tequila that you find on your porch. Yeah. Yeah. No mystery tequilas. Yeah. No mystery drinks in general found on your porch. I'm going to read this book and I'll tell you if your theory is correct, because I bet it goes into the stuff that we're talking about with this movie that's probably addressed in this book. Could be. Yeah. 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 I mean, it seemed like that, I imagine, probably is in it because it seems like a core scene that needs to be there for the plot to progress. Yeah. Didn't the ants just peace out? They were like, (laughs) nah, you fucked it up. You fix it. Deuces. That's exactly what happened next because they were basically like, we're so upset with you. We're going to bed. And then when they got up in the morning, the aunties left a note. Well, not even a note. They just let the girls know we're outie. And this is the message I need you to give your mom and aunt. Yeah. And they go downstairs and they're like, oh yeah, the aunt said you guys need to clean up your own mess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You done goofed. You done goofed. And they're like, fuck. (laughs) Because then they go outside and you notice that their beautiful pergola, which is a beautiful pergola. Oh, it's a beautiful pergola. I just want to live where they live so bad. It's so nice. (laughs) Whenever they would go out there, I'd be like, "Mm, that pergola be pergolin. Roses were magically growing all over it. And Sally was like, oh, fuck this. Because they just sprung up overnight where Jimmy happened to be buried. So she starts hacking those roses. Which a motif that I noticed in this movie just throughout is that they are constantly picking up sharp, pointy things with their bare ass hands. Yeah. The whole movie. (laughs) She's picking up the shards of the bottle after she throws it on the ground after they realize that it is the the devil rose. Yeah, in the yeah. sink. So she's picking up these glass shards of the sink. She's trying to rip these roses out with huge ass thorns on them with her bare hands. She was and wearing like, gloves, I thought. I don't remember. I thought she was wearing garden gloves. She might have been. She didn't go out thinking that there was going to be something there. Like she was surprised by the roses being there. So she had prep in advance for it. The thing that comes before that scene that sort of initiates her going out there is her daughter seeing a man by the rose bush through the window because she was able to see his spirit she outside. out there. I thought dressed to handle the rose bush. I'm pretty sure she had gloves on. I don't know, but this is also when the detective shows up. Yes. Yes, it is. And the irony about the detective is that he had one green eye and one blue eye. And Except you're wondering, you don't see it. You do when you get the close up. When um, you get one specific close up. Yep. Yeah. The reason why that matters that he has one green eye and one blue eye is because remember in the beginning when Sally was like, I'm going to create this perfect 
man that can't possibly exist, so I will never fall in love. Well, one of his requirements was that he had one green eye and one blue eye. And lo and behold, a guy just like that just kind of shows up. And he's a police officer, and he's looking for Jimmy Angelove. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I found her list, if you want it. Read it. Read the list. He will hear my call a mile away. He will whistle my favorite song. He can ride a pony backwards. He can flip pancakes in the air. He'll be marvelously kind, and his favorite shape will be a star, and he'll have one green eye and one blue. Oh, his favorite shape will be a star. That's why he's got a star. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if they proved that he could ride a horse backwards, but they, uh, they did because the, her daughters had found her little like journal with the list in it, and they asked him. Oh, okay. That scene, I think, is the one I missed because I think that's the one... It's during breakfast. Where, like, yeah, Jillian was going to poison him, and the kids were like, wait, no. She was going to banish him. Oh, banish him. Okay. I knew she was going to do something to him. Yeah. Well, or, that's when the girls grabbed the syrup and then ran off with it, yeah, screaming. because that's what the banishing <laughs> yeah. spell was in. Yeah. I thought it was kind of um, funny, though. Like, they went over and they literally threw the whole ass cup into the ocean. Yeah, they, like, oh, went down like, on the rocks and they're like, yeet. Yeah, those kids are those great. Those kids <laughs> used their brains because you know what else could have been yeeted into that ocean? The fucking body. <laughs> yeah. Well, they probably would have found him a lot sooner if that happened. <laughs> or they could have given him some ocean. concrete shoes. That's a 50-50 shot there. <laughs> yeah. Because if you don't find him the first, what, two days, <laughs> he's gone. Well, it really depends because the tides push everything back to the shore. So they, yeah, maybe de- if they can, it, if it they can depend on the month. Yeah, it would depend on the month. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which they were having a lot of bad luck, so they probably would have not gotten lucky there. <laughs> gotten low tide. Well, actually, we know what time of the month it was because they had a full blood moon. Yeah. That night, actually. Yeah. So a full moon, would they come in or would they go out? Wouldn't I think that that's... be high tide? Yeah, that would be high tide. Yeah. So probably, yeah, he probably would have gotten washed up above shore then if it was high tide. Yeah, because the gravity from the moon, <laughs> as one does using gravity being right. a moon, you know. Right. But there was one scene that I think you also miss Lilith because there was a scene, I think, closer towards the end of the movie when it showed the rose petals from Sally's spell when she was a kid. They landed around him in a star shape when he was a kid, riding his pony backwards. Oh. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he yeah. was dressed up as a sheriff riding his pony backwards and that pony had a star in its fur and then the rose petals made a little star around him. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that at least shows that he existed before and she didn't just accidentally create a man. (laughs) No, she didn't create a man. It's just the perfect man she described existed and therefore fate and her magic pulled them together. Yeah. One of his top quotes. It should be called accidental magic. One of his top quotes on IMDb is when he asked, did you or your sister kill James Angelov? And Sally just goes, yeah, a couple of times. It's so good. Yeah. Is that when he... That's what he comes over for breakfast, isn't it? There was a couple points where they were like kind of flirting and playing that little game where he's like, oh, did you kill Jimmy? And she's like, oh, why are you following me? You're so silly. Right. (laughs) And then so bonkers. Like he goes around town and quickly realizes that this family is odd because everybody's like, they're witches. They'll seduce and kill your husband. Yeah. I thought that investigation interview montage was was so good. Funny to me. 
movie. It was so good. Top tier. My, my favorite line is from the girl that works at Sally's shop that's played by Chloe Webb. She's the She's... blonde with the crimped hair, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she gives me 80s goth Madonna vibes, and I love her for it. Oh, yeah. She plays the mom in Shameless. That's Monica? Yeah, it's that's, Monica. That's fucking Monica? Get out yeah. of here. Yeah. I would have not thought that was Monica. Oh, my God. I'm dead. Surprise. I'm, I'm <laughs> dead. That is Monica? Yeah, it's Monica. And... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> the thing that she says that gets me is, good thing Sally isn't into ritual disembowelment. Why would that get you? Because it's hilarious. I like, he's interviewing people. A lot of people are just saying vaguely witchy things because they don't really know. Chloe's out here like, oh, yeah, sometimes people do some ritual disembowelment and stuff like that. And then Sally walks in and then she's like, oh, yeah, good thing Sally isn't into ritual disembowelment. I've got that full quote pulled up if you want it. Oh, yes, please. She says, witch, yeah, evil, no. I mean, you get your psychos now and then, you know, animal slaughter, ritual human disembowelment. But that's really not her. You see, it's a pagan label. But Sally, she's definitely not into that stuff yeah oh yeah okay so my thought was good thing sally isn't into ritual disembowelment yeah that was my first thing oh yeah good thing she's not into that because that's basically what carla was saying she's like oh yeah like there are people that do this shit but she's not into it oh yeah totally not her totally not her like she'll murder people but not ritually disembowelment <laughs> yeah but during this little montage thing you get the scenes with the phone tree with jillian yes. oh yeah the phone tree <laughs> for the school um, yeah yeah jillian made sure sally got top of the phone tree that fucking matters later yeah they wouldn't, let her, the phone tree. they wouldn't let her do it before because the whole town has the whispers or whatever that she's a witch so they exclude her from shit and they treat her different because of that and they also treat her kids different which yeah. i thought was kind of lame they all are just sort of mean to them because they're thought or known to be witches so it was normal when her husband michael was alive that's when they were fitting in and shit was good and then the second he died they were like oh well you know you're still a witch so yeah they were being into a false sense of security in the sense that they're like oh maybe they're not so bad look at sally look how normal she is look how beautiful her family is blah blah blah. but Mm. then when michael died they're like oh shit it's that curse yeah this happens to those men that date them owens women oh she's witch (laughs) yeah which oh man that sucks because you've got the double hit of just having lost your husband and then having all of the people that work chill with you suddenly just say oh we don't want anything to do with you because you're too witchy for us now yeah they were reminded oh yeah you're still an owens yeah (laughs) that's crazy so sally got to the top of the phone tree you had the moment in her shop with monica i guess oh my god (laughs) shook it yeah i feel like i'm skipping some steps but this is when jillian starts acting kind of weird they get tired she's starting to look haggard yeah and then that's when you go get sally doing the whole confession thing right and then also makes out with the cop like out of fucking nowhere they've known each other for days and she confesses and he's like you shouldn't be telling me this you need a lawyer i'll protect you i'll do what i can for you you've got kids and then all of a sudden they just look at each other and start eating each other's faces (laughs) which which by the way if this happens in real life do not trust the pig come on I mean, I mean this is a movie and it's magic and all that stuff so it's different but in real life if this happens to you never trust a pig right don't trust them when they say like oh nothing will happen if you just tell us you know I mean, everything that you did so that we can arrest you he turned out to be a little crooked later we'll get to that but that's when we get the infamous 
scene of finally seeing that he has heterochromia. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just that's, that close up of his eyeballs and you're like, oh, one is blue. Interesting. Yes. It's clearly added in post. It doesn't look like they had a green contact or anything. It's just that they sort of made it green, but they made it really green for like a second. And that's the only time in the entire movie where it's like that. And the I feel like it, it just looks like he has two blue eyes. I feel like she would have noticed because they were making heavy eye contact before that. How would you not notice that somebody has heterochromia? Exactly. Like they were making eyes at each other. She would have known immediately because it would have triggered that thing because when they were making out and she looked at him again, she saw it then. Yeah. Like you've yeah, been... You've been. I. She saw his eyes. She was like, "Oh my god, I need to pull away. I can't do this right now." And then it seemed like she had a bad vibe or something, and so she runs home. And that's when her kids run down screaming, "Mommy, mommy, something's wrong with Jilly!" Yeah, but it's also <laughs> really funny when she freaks out and leaves because he just sits there and goes, "I was born with them." Yeah, I thought that was funny. Too. <laughs> I was born with them, and yeah. it, he looks so sad. <laughs> uh, I felt bad for him, even though he really wanted to jump somebody's bones after they said that they murdered somebody. I mean, Twice. he knew that the guy was an asshole. Like, he knew the guy was an asshole. I just thought it was funny. Just the timing, the moment she tells him she murdered somebody, he's yeah. just like, oh, yes, mummy. <laughs> Mm, get me some MILF. <laughs> I mean, you have to admit, though, this was a 1998 movie, and I feel like this was peak Nicole Kidman and peak Sandra Bullock. They were two beautiful ladies. Oh, yeah. It's also peak Sandra Bullock frump to fab trope, because it seems like in a lot of movies that Sandra Bullock was in when she was younger, she had the nerdy girl, and then she gets her glow up, and then she's gorgeous, but it's really hard to make her frumpy because she's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and you in the front because of one night when she escaped with Jilly, she was wearing glasses in a bathrobe. Well, at the beginning, like, the first she... thing that my husband noticed was that she was wearing clothes that I think are just kind of generally considered frumpy. You know, they, it was they, the she, 90s. She, was, she was wearing well, peak fashion 90s. Well, maybe for some folks, if you compare her to what Jillian was wearing, Jillian is like the Jillian sort of like hip, was sexy wearing one. Mini like, skirts and crop tops, and that's because she was trying to get boys' attention. Oh, yeah, Sally for was sure. the opposite because but she's she like wearing. Like, love. Exactly. She was dressing frumpy, but there's a purpose to it. I don't think that... Not like frumpy so like, derogatory. Frumpy is completely subjective, but in movie terms, it's not. In movie terms, they dress people in a certain way to convey a certain thing. And in that one, they were conveying that she does not want a dude. She doesn't want to deal with that shit. She's not going to sit here and dress in the latest fashion or dress, you know, like how Jillian does because she wants out of that mess. But yeah. she dresses totally different after the murder scene. If you go back and notice all of her outfits before and all of her outfits after, they are different. Yeah. I don't think they were that different. It's because if you're talking about before murder, too, I mean, look how she met her husband, Michael. She was gardening and she was in cutoff shorts and a crop top. Yeah, because he was spelled, you know, she wasn't trying to attract him. Her aunts but, gave, but gave him to her. But she was just normal <laughs> kind of. gardening. She was wearing just whatever clothes she felt comfortable in. I think, yeah. I, I think that you're thinking of it in terms of how you would see it, because I don't necessarily think that she was wearing wearing anything that was crappy or anything. I'm meaning in like a narrative sense, like movies, they do things and they dress people in different outfits to convey meaning and they do it in a certain way. So like your before and after, she's wearing things that are very different to I disagree in this case because I just don't think the clothes were all that different. I thought it was different after she originally had Michael and then she kind of stepped back into her like, well, now I'm just going to go back to 
just all these comfy clothes. I think there's like a miscommunication between you two because it's not so much that Lilith's trying to say that it's super duper crappy clothes. It's that she was just wearing what was comfortable and not really thinking about what was flattering on her figure. And then after she was wearing more flattering looking clothes. I don't think it's the transformative trope is what I'm just disagreeing with. I don't think it's transformative enough to fall into that trope. I mean, we can agree to disagree. That's just something that I noticed pretty clearly in a before and after. Because when I'm watching a movie like this, I'm kind of looking at the things around it sometimes more so even than the things that are actually happening in the story, which is why a lot of times the actual like story bits I'm missing sometimes because I'm looking at this over here and this over here. It's just how my brain works. I'm not meaning that she's dressing bad, but I think that she... I didn't take it as you saying she was dressing bad. I just don't think it's that big of a transformation to say it was transformative. I just disagree with that point. She was also not wearing like her makeup changes too. Like she starts wearing more makeup later as well. But yeah, the murder in this story seems to only really start good things for her outside of, you know, the actual problems that result in having a dead body in your yard. Well, what's so funny is like once this happened, the kids were screaming for mommy. The aunt showed up after Sally got Jillian kind of subdued because she's basically pulling a fucking exorcist. Oh, yeah. Big time. (laughs) Yeah. Because guess what? Jimmy Dunn got into her body and the ants were like, oh, no, we're a little bit off on our timing because they thought they would be back in time, but they weren't. So then they start trying to figure out what they can do with Jillian. And they're like, this is going to take a lot of witches. We don't have a lot of witches. And then Sally's like, I'll use my phone tree and we'll get the local women townspeople to come in and help. So she activates. So she activates the phone tree. (laughs) I I, I love that phone tree activated. (laughs) That's what it's called. It is. Activate the phone tree. Yeah. That's back in the day that. that's how it was i don't do they even do stuff like that anymore i mean, like probably. schools schools like, no like families yes phone tree my family <laughs> has a phone tree oh my it, mom is like at the top of it i had never even heard of a phone tree before this movie yeah. honestly yeah <laughs> never dealt with that <laughs> and none of us currently have any school-age kids and whatnot so we're not sure what the current parents be doing with their little school kids oh, i just meant that my family <laughs> in general if shit goes down there's an order of operations if you will there's a my dear aunt sally (laughs) there's a there's a matriarch that has to contact other people to contact other people oh my gosh it was sally the order of operations sally please excuse my dear aunt sally And Sally's oh at the God. top of the phone. Sorry. <laughs> Fucking PEMDAS. I just couldn't not. Oh my God. So she is the Sally. She is. She is this. God damn it. Well, I, I don't think, think she... autism is showing. It's fine. I mean, it's probably been showing a while. <laughs> it's fine. Whoopsies. Tism slip. <laughs> oh, I think you skipped the part where the cop shows up and finds out all of the witchy shit is actually real. Because oh, yeah. he shows up before the aunts come back yeah and then he sees angel love kind of come up out of jillian's body for a hot second and he, and he shits his pants he's like, yes, bye. He's like oh my he's, he's like oh fuck and he said good the fuck bye but his his little star badge burns the ghost because earlier sally had told him even your badge is just a symbol it 
only means anything because you believe it does. Oh, that's a good point. Okay, so the badge was basically the equivalent of a cross or something that someone would have. In, yeah. Like the power of Christ compels you, except the power of the law compels you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like that. I mean, I am lawful good, but that doesn't mean that I like that kind of law. Yeah. Very chaotic neutral. <laughs> I, I, that's when they have that super heartfelt moment outside where he's like, curses only have power when you believe in them and I don't. And that's when you get the iconic I wished for you too before he leaves. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was too busy thinking about the part where all the ladies get together <laughs> and bring their brooms. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get to my, literally my favorite part because they do this whole ritual thing. Sally does the blood pact again and her love not only chased out Jimmy Angel love, but also broke the curse. And, you know, while people are celebrating, you see this giant swirling powder up on the ceiling and then it just puffs onto the ground. And then the one lady that fell back was like, oh, come on, ladies. It's time to clean house. And the way oh, she yeah. says that so aggressively, it cracks me up every time. Oh, yeah. And it's Roger Martindale. Yeah. Every lady takes a broom and just starts sweeping the shit out of the house. And to me, that was like one of the best parts because then everybody that was included in that phone tree activation that showed up to help save Jillian suddenly felt a little magical themselves, right? Suddenly they yeah. felt like they were in on this secret. Yeah. And which um, is why I think accepting. they, yeah, which is why I think they even showed up in the first place because the head bitch at the PTA that didn't like Sally, she was like, I'm surprised that you're here. And she even showed up. So yeah, she was like, you know, I've always wanted to see the inside of your house, which it's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been like that. Like you grew up in a neighborhood and you kind of want to see that big, beautiful house. You kind of want to see what it's you like want to see the weird family's house. Yeah. What was the shit that they dumped on the grave? Because they like swept all the shit out onto the it grave was, like, in the yard. Potion they were brewing on the stove. That was a, as soon yeah. as they got him out and brushed up to the grave, they carried that heavy dove potion over and just dumped that shit right on there, and it just shriveled him up. That was a big ass stockpot. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah that's a big one. I feel like the anti started that before people got there. Oh yeah, <laughs> they knew what to do. They were doing the thing. Yeah. So then the day was saved. A couple months later, Sally gets a letter in the mail. In the letter, it's basically Angel Love's ring back that the police guy had because they found it. And then a letter basically saying that she's no longer a suspect, that they found Jimmy and it was all good to go. Yeah. Basically, he cleared her. No, they said that his death was accidental and that the ring found in the burned out remains confirms that it was him. So he covered up a murder for this woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That he just met and sucked face with once. Yeah. Simp. Um, oh but my then, God. you know, a flash forward of even that, you know, it goes to Halloween. All of the Owens girls jumping off and floating from the roof, you know, doing a little show for the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. And it looks they like had their, the, their uh, red and white striped stockings. I thought were really cute. Yeah. Yeah. And the cop guy was there, Gary. I think that's his actual character name. Gary yeah. uh, is there and he's basically step papa. Oh, <laughs> Which was yeah. nice. Like, it's it was nice. Yeah, because he was always nice to the kids. Yeah. And good with them. Which, by the way, the older daughter is Evan Rachel Wood. Kylie. Uh, yeah, Kylie. So it's a young Evan Rachel Wood in here. It might be, I wonder if this is like her breakout role. Can we bring up the fact that every 
everybody in that family was born in a pair of sisters and one had brown hair and one had red hair. Yeah, that's one of the tropes that's listed is that they've got supernaturally strong family genetics. Yeah, it's a pair of sisters. I was thinking that the whole time, too. I thought you were going to bring up that everybody in that family has a very interesting name and then you've got Sally. Yeah, I mean, Jillian, it's just spelled different. Jillian's still still, regular name. It's still more interesting because you've got the answer, Francis and Jet. Oh, they are from like a different time, though, too. They're much older, it seems like. The original witch in the family, her name was Maria Owens. We forgot to bring that up. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. They don't talk about her a whole lot. Yeah, she did get slighted. It's like they bring her up at the beginning and like they kind of bring her up at the end. Oh, I also uh, scrubbed through the movie just to double check because I needed to know. She is using her bare hands when she's trying to rip out the roses. Hardcore. I was so positive she was wearing gloves. That's going to blow my mind. Now I'm going to have to go back through. (laughs) That's punk as fuck. I had already by that point been like, why do they keep picking up sharp things that can easily, easily cut you with their bare hands constantly? (laughs) And it was just part of this trope that I just kept on seeing. I'm like, they keep picking up like shards of glass and things with their hands. I swear she had gloves. Oh my God. That feels like a Mandela effect happening in real time. <laughs> I could have swore up and down that bitch was wearing gloves <laughs> for that scene. No. That's gonna bother the fuck out of me now. <laughs> oh yeah, I also had to like, scrub through it to see if I could notice anything about the clothing. Like she was wearing glasses before the transformation. Too. In like one scene though, right? In one scene, yeah. Yeah, or, like, literally like when scenes. she was like yeah, at bed. Yeah. Well, meeting Jillian in the middle of the night. Yeah. yeah. But it might not be like as obvious because post glow up she does wear also like a dress with like a cardigan which is like really similar to what they had her wearing before it's like it's regular woman to milf makeover maybe what i was noticing was after she admitted to the murder and she unburdened herself with that knowledge because after that she's wearing black uh and form-fitting clothes i feel like it's more of an acceptance of magic because remember she was really resistant to it in the beginning like not as a kid but after her husband's death yeah she was just absolutely resistant um the magic it was kind of turning her nose up at it a little bit yeah that's true so what did you th- was this this was like your first time watching this wasn't it Lilith? yes it was so what did you think of the movie because Brittany and i've seen it before several times oh really okay yeah like it's a cute feel-good movie it's got a lot of actors that i really like like stockard channing and uh, marco martindale and uh chloe webb yeah diane um, west isn't it i feel like she's worth a mention she's a big deal oh yeah I, yeah diane, diane west, west is mm-hmm. the other aunt yeah obviously like Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman are A-listers. Well, Weast, just. I guess, because it's West with an I in there. Is it, is it Weast? Oh, Weast, not East. I don't know <laughs> how to pronounce her last name. I'm going to just be honest. It might I be Weast. It might be Weist. I was going to say, if it's German, then it if would be German, Weist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Weist. Yeah, she looks German. <laughs> I could see it. A star-studded cast. There were parts that were interesting. You have um, to keep in mind, this is a book-to-movie adaptation. From the 90s. From oh, the 90s. Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's why I give it as much grace as I do, honestly, because of that. So um, just knowing that it comes from the time that it comes from. It's got a lot of good actors. It's got a lot of fun moments. It's got a lot of interesting pieces to it. <laughs> I couldn't not think about it every time they tried to pick things up with their bare <laughs> hands that were sharp. <laughs> Critics apparently did not do Critics not like it. this because uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, oh, yeah. the tomato meter is 23%, but the audience 
audience score is 73%. Which, honestly, with Rotten Tomatoes, you just have to look at that audience score. I just wanted to see both. I think the thing that you have to think about with your critic score versus your audience score, your audience is going to be scoring it based on how they feel and the experience that they're having, which is very important. And I think actually probably the most important when you're thinking about making a movie in terms of sales and stuff like that. And critics tend to think about it in terms of, are there plot holes? Are there this and that? It's a critical reception. So they're thinking about it critically. And that's not what plot holes from a movie that is a book to movie adaptation. I don't think they realize because you're condensing it into a movie format that they're cutting out a lot of pieces. So there might be pieces that are added and subtracted and it creates those plot holes. Well, that's going to be true of any book to movie adaptation. It's just it's just a thing that's going to happen with those. But critics aren't necessarily critics are definitely not thinking about that. That's absolutely true because and that's something I feel like like they should keep into account. Well, I don't necessarily agree because it depends a lot on what is being done. There are certain scenes that like you cannot take out. And you're right, a good book is not going to have a bunch of extra bullshit, but it really depends on the director and what scenes they choose to keep in and which scenes they cut to save for time because that can make a difference in terms of how well it's going to translate into the movie. And that's part of what your job is as a director is to figure out a way to take out what you need to take out to make it fit into the time frame while still making it make sense. I, if that makes but sense. I felt like it made sense. I followed the whole story all the way through. I just like to look at the critics versus the fan reviews because you get to see the subjective versus the objective way of looking at things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, like that. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if you look at this movie aesthetically, it's beautiful. Set wise, that is a beautifully set oh, up yeah. movie. Beautiful set, beautiful costume design. It really encompasses the vibe. They got Stevie Nicks on here. They have a pro soundtrack. That soundtrack that is soundtrack. like the best. Really yeah. It's, you know, they got Stevie Nicks with the song Crystal, which was created just for this movie. Mm. That's a big deal. It's visually appealing. It's got vibes. The camera work is solid. Yeah, like, they did I have no issues with how they those shots were very fluid. Yeah, they did have good videography on it. They had some really interesting shots and I feel like they did some interesting things like the scene where Kylie sees the man in the garden outside and you can just sort of barely see it like it's just sort of scared a little bit it's a really good way of honing in on okay she can see them but the other people can't yeah Um, and there was a lot of really clever video work there and I mean the CGI was dog shit but it was the 90s the 90s yeah yeah. like yeah you can't really it was just gonna be dog shit the technology wasn't there yeah (laughs) I think that they probably could have benefited from having the main character dude wearing a contact lens for one of his eyes to do the heterochromia thing because that is one thing that kind of took me out of it a little bit was the fact that he actually didn't have a blue eye and a green eye most of the movie except for just the scene where they pointed out it does show up later on but it's still very very light it's really bright for like one scene where immediately after she points it out and then did he have like that did he have issues with contacts the actor i don't know who knows i have no idea i mean it's possible that he could have i don't know why they would choose to do it that way and i think that part of it is because clearly that scene was where they wanted her to realize that he had one green eye and one blue eye but story-wise it doesn't make much sense that she wouldn't have known until that very moment that part i was just like how did you just notice that and also why does he just now have it because honestly i was looking for it because i was looking at the trivia bits and one of the trivia bits was talking about his character having one blue eye and one green eye earlier in the movie when she was talking about her dude so i was looking for it i was specifically looking for it when 
I was watching the movie, and it just wasn't there through most of the movie. They didn't put it in there because they were hiding it for the big reveal. Like, we didn't already realize that it was the dude when he, like, flipped the pancakes and said he could ride the pony and had the star. Exactly. Like, they were clearly, like, hinting at that being the case, but that's one detail that I feel couldn't have been hid for that long, so they had to bend over backwards to make it fit the story. But that's honestly probably my main critique. <laughs> it's just that's fair. Uh, that piece. Because I was just like, oh, well, I mean, like, how would you just know now? Like, you've been staring at each other the entire time. <laughs> to be honest, I just chalked it up that both eyes were really light, and you probably couldn't see it unless you were up in his grill, which, I mean, which... granted, she was kind of up in his grill a few times. She but, was. Yeah. She that's kind of what I chalked it up as, is not she... being able to notice it right away. It's just that maybe both of his eyes are really light, because, like, green and blue on that spectrum, depending on the shades, it's not going to be highly noticeable. But she spent days, like, yeah. eye-fucking this man and never noticed the color of his eyes. The thing is, is that if it was really subtle, I could give it a pass. But they specifically turn the green up and make it almost shining in that moment right after yeah. they pull away from each other. I mean, and I'm just I, like, really? I really that think what it, it just comes from the fact that the actor has what appears to be blue eyes and he just didn't want to wear contacts. Well, yeah, I mean, like, maybe, but it's stretching we're like, not, quite a bit. We're not yeah. supposed to question this. It's clearly something you're not supposed to question until that moment. And I think it was a buildup, too, because if you think about it, you know, she didn't believe in this love and well, she had this wonderful husband and then she found out that, you know, she was kind of duped by the ants a little bit and she lost her husband to the curse. So she, she signed herself off of love, like, pretty much completely. And I think part of it might be symbolism in the sense that she's not trying to notice. She's not trying to give this man a chance. Even he, though she's drawn to him, she doesn't want to give this thing a chance. He also and had... I, and I feel like it's just a giant buildup to the point that when she finally looks at him, like really looks at him, it was him. The guy that she kind of cooked up in her head that she didn't think would exist. And it scared the shit out of her. I'm going to read the book and see if that's yeah. like an actual buildup to it. But I feel like yeah. that's like a whole symbolism and build up on purpose. Well, that's what we were just saying is that it's probably like that's the scene where they wanted her to actually notice it. But I think that they could have done it. Okay, like there's a similar scene in Cowboy Bebop. So like up Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> yeah, Cowboy Bebop. So Spike has different colored eyes. One is just slightly lighter than the other. It's not really noticeable through most of the movie and like it wouldn't be if you weren't looking really closely. But there's a scene where he's up really close with somebody face to face and he's talking about how you might not necessarily notice it but my eyes are different colors because one of them is fake. In this one they could have done something like that. One's just like slightly green, one's just like slightly blue and they could have done like a really good scene there where he had the two contacts or even just did the CGI but did it in a way that was more subtle where you just looking really close and even you as the audience are saitting there looking really close like oh man it is subtly different that could have been really good but they just sort of missed the mark because they because they oversaturated it yeah. because they oversaturated it and they also just didn't necessarily do it in the way that I would which do it how you're going to do it but yeah the oversaturation and in the single moment of that scene over, is just like do you know what you this like is the oversaturation could have just been they didn't know how because it's partially CGI that they're doing this I don't know when you're a graphic artist and you're doing that you don't just suddenly not know how color works yeah. 98 you, do you not know how color works in 98 do you I know, know what this is i was eight years old i was eight years 
I could tell the difference between green and really green. Brittany. They did. And that's the thing. I don't think they did in the 90s because look at some of these CGIs back then. Wait. I mean, CGI was bad, but like you still know what color is. This is, do you know what this is though? This is Lilith's wear nipple. This is my wear nipple. Yes. This this is Lilith's version of the wear nipple. nipple. Let's not bring that up because that's going to be brought up in the Twilight episode. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, you can give the full rant. Don't get me started because that's just a trigger. Let's not, let's not go there. My God. (laughs) Let's save that. But yeah, I just can't, I can't not see it. Well, Brittany, do you want to talk about how much you love this movie since we've spent like half an hour talking about eyeballs? (laughs) I'm just going to keep it simple. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. I have no critiques, no notes. I feel like it's a perfect movie for me. So it's a 666 out of 666. It's a 666 out of 666 for me personally. It really tickles my brain. I get a lot of enjoyment from it. I like looking at Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman and they're both in here. So it's a win-win. Yeah. This movie makes me cry uncontrollably from the opening line. The opening line of this movie makes me cry every time because you know that women in my family have been wrongly persecuted by other quote-unquote family members. The women in my family have been through some shit. And the opening line of this movie is, for more than 200 years, we Owens women have been blamed for everything that's ever gone wrong in this town. Oh, yeah. And like, that gets me every time. It's going to get me right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> this movie makes me sob uncontrollably. And I love it so much. It's a it's a 666 out of 666. It's so good. Feels movie. I don't even know how many times I've watched this fucking movie. You know what? One of my favorite characters is the kitten that they get <laughs> at the beginning when they're children and it's like eating off of the table with them. It's this little black kitten, like just a little baby with big old kitty ears. And uh, and that cat shows up as a full grown black cat adult and it's just walking around in the background in a lot of the scenes later yeah. on. Uh, Apparently in the that. book, they have like a gaggle of black cats. They mention like all of oh, these they cats. Have a glower. <laughs> they mention we're supposed to like grow old and be hags like our aunts and have all these cats. <laughs> I feel like you just don't see a bunch of cats in the movie. I suppose oh, yeah. maybe it would have been like hard to have just like a bunch of cats running around. That's true. Yeah. That'd, that'd be a lot for people to sort of wrangle. <laughs> when you do a movie that has animals in it, you, you kind of have an animal wrangler. That's their whole thing is to do the scenes with the animals in it. Yeah. It was really cute just seeing that they got the kitten when they were kids and showing them having their awesome little feast in the garden. The sweet ass garden. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet ass garden I wish we lived in. Yeah. Yeah. And you got this little this little baby kitty just wandering around in all the scenes. It's just such a good, wholesome movie. It really is. So this is a cult classic too, right? It'd be considered that. I there, would consider that. As I sit there's here. There's parts that are wholesome, for sure. As I sit here with my Practical Magic mug. Aw. Um, yeah. I'm going to read the back of this book. And I want you guys' opinion on how close to the movie you think it's going to sound. Because it's, I feel like it's a little bit different. It says, for more than 200 years, the Owens women have been blamed for everything that has gone wrong in their Massachusetts town. Jillian and Sally have endured that fate as well as children. The sisters were forever outsiders, taunted, talked about, pointed at. Their elderly aunts almost seemed to encourage the whispers of witchery. With their musty house and their exotic concoctions and their crowd of black cats. But all Jillian and Sally wanted was to escape. One will do so by marrying, the other by running away. But the bonds they share will bring them back, almost as if by magic. Oh. I mean, it sounds Practical like they just. Mad boy might even say, "God damn it!" 
<laughs> it sounds like they kind of made it a little bit more whimsy and romantic in the movie. In the movie. That's what I was thinking because like yeah. it seems like maybe they didn't even cast that spell. She just wanted to get married to leave, but that didn't feel like I don't know. I'll have to read the book. I, I saw that the original it. cut was supposed to be a lot darker than how this one turned out. Well, so then maybe the book's a lot darker. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> they said that the original cut is lost to time, unfortunately. Of course um, it is. Anything worth keeping is lost to fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> but they said that it was supposed to be a lot darker. Oh, it's a book series. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. yeah well, I got the one that's practical magic. That's the first so one. I don't know. Is that the first one? Oh, okay. Yeah. Alright, sick. Oh, so that's the first oh. one that was written, but there's also a chronological order that's different. It says you can read them in the order they were written or chronological order. Oh, okay. Well, I just bought like, the one that's titled from the movie, so we'll see how that one turns out. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be good. Got yeah. a long weekend. Gonna go to read. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Getting that read on. I think I would give this like a 275 out of 666. Damn, Lilith. That's low. What the Lilith, fuck? Lilith did not enjoy this movie as much as we do. I knew that. I knew that as soon as they were watching it and like telling us stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, I Lilith's like. Lilith's a hater. I I not everybody it. has to love it. It's hey, fine. I gave, I gave it points for, you know, being made in 98 and like. <laughs> Um, the fact that you have to be like, I gave it points because it was made two decades ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Brittany, come on. It's fine. Okay, you know what? I didn't factor in the broom scene being fucking a 10 out of 10. <laughs> the broom so, scene is really good. good. Yeah, the, the broom scene is so good. It's so good. So I'll revise it to maybe like a tree fitty. <laughs> Need about tree fitty. I mean, that's, tree that's fitty. better. That's better. Yeah. I, mean, I still disagree I, with I, it. I will say I would consider it better than average, especially given the talent in it and there's some primo lines in there primo um set like i, the I set, can't get yeah. over the set i want that house so bad yeah got a good set i thought it was interesting that she moves back in to her aunt's and she's able to just buy a storefront and start a business immediately she must have been a girl boss like, well i think she lived in that town she just sold her stuff and moved in with her aunts oh so you think that maybe she like sold her house to get the funds to like start her own business and kind of like I mean, chill with their aunts until like potentially the but they lived in that town they didn't move out of that town i know in the book description it says massachusetts but that was actually filmed in a small seaside town in washington state yeah yeah it's interesting how they do that sometimes because it really did have a new england feel when i was watching it i was like this feels like it's a new england kind of place now that i live there so <laughs> i could speak to what new england looks like and it does look like that they did a good job giving it a good New England feel, even though it was on the complete opposite end of the country. Yeah. To be fair, some of those little towns in the Pacific Northwest are mm -hmm. very time capsule -y, and they do kind yeah. of give colonial sea vibes. Yeah. So I think it was an easy thing to pull off. And I tried to look at houses in that area and they're beautiful and I wish I could buy one, but you have to low-key kind of be like a millionaire. So oh, like yeah, now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah like, you have to be a millionaire to have a house now. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. We got in before it got bad. <laughs> we got lucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We own our little houses because we're impatient and it worked out in our favor. Yeah. <laughs> also, the soundtrack was done by Alan Silvestri, who's actually like a pretty well-known composer. I think he did phenomenal like Alien the soundtrack. He's done a lot of good shit. He, he really has. He did like a lot of the major motion pictures, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, recently, he did Guillermo del Toro's version of Pinocchio. That movie was creepy. I loved it. It was bonkers, yeah.
yeah. (laughs) But it's creepy. I loved it. I have fun with that one. Oh, we did like all the Avengers mainline movies. Yeah. Not like the Avengers Avengers, but, you know, individual hero movies. Yeah. Um, He did Predator, Ready Player One. He's got like a good history of movies and stuff like that. But I feel like this one, it was really good. From the very beginning, I felt like they did a really good job with the soundtrack. It gave good feels. This buildup of having just the instrumental version of this kiss before Sally meets her husband was perfect. Gave me all of the feels. Oh, absolutely. Because like you knew it was building up Mm -hmm. to it because it's like a love song. If you're not necessarily familiar with what the background music sounds like, you know, like you're like, oh, that's kind of like familiar. And then it starts singing the actual lyrics whenever she gets to like see him for the first time. And it's really cool. Movie magic. Storytelling. Yeah. The whole soundtrack is killer. Yeah. 90s bops. Just pure 90s bops. Plus having Stevie Nicks create a whole song for this movie. Oh, yeah. What what a god tier thing to do. Absolutely, yeah. It works for her totally. It's funny that they use Belladonna as their poison of choice because Stevie Nicks has an album called Belladonna. There's I a, didn't even connect that. That's cool. There's a reason why Stevie Nicks is <laughs> the queen of the witches. Yeah. Even though she'll tell you over and over again she's not a witch, she's lying. She's, <laughs> she's a fucking a liar. She's a fucking a, siren. So the only season of American Horror Story that I like is the Coven one <laughs> with Stevie Nicks. With Stevie Nicks in it, like and what a she, troll move <laughs> perfect in that because she knows like she, she knows. knows she's a witchy woman apparently coven's like the best season it is oh is from what i heard i need it's to go back good. and watch it because i just watched the first season and then i never went really past it because i heard they were gonna do some circus stuff and i was like oh hard pass and <laughs> yeah no yeah just never bothered that's a yeah. no for me and, dog and it sucks because they always do callbacks to like earlier seasons it pretty much just ruins everything after the circus season because they will do callbacks to characters in the circus one where there are clowns so well you never really know when one's gonna show up so just be a callback to that season no the rest of it's just dead to you now <laughs> yeah it pretty much became dead to me but yeah i, but, I would like to try to i think i'll try to just watch coven i think yeah. i'll just go in and just try to watch coven's before it, i wanted to try lady peak ahs i wanted to try lady gaga's season too but i tried to watch that one but i kind of got bored i'm not usually somebody that gets actually bored of the show usually i'll even kind of power through it but that one actually made me kind of bored i was disappointed yeah even if i'm not necessarily feeling something i can kind of finish it but i'm just like i don't know <laughs> yeah i just um, want more vibes like practical magic honestly it was such good vibes you could do the like craft it, next or we could do really, fucking love the craft it yeah. really tickled my brain like yeah. in a way the craft was okay i liked <gasps> it but it didn't tickle my brain like this one did i'm I, the opposite <laughs> i like the craft more than practical magic yeah, the craft is my jam. I mean, I definitely like the craft. Don't get me wrong there. It just didn't tickle my brain as hard. It tickled my brain so hard. We're rambling so hard. Uh, well, it's actually kind of on topic, though. We are still relating it to the thing, at least. <laughs> a little bit. That's, yeah. That's better than we normally do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, to wrap it up, I believe it's a 666 out of 666. I will fisticuff anybody over this movie, as I have proven. So Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely feel good movie if you're not somebody that agonizes over stupid ass details you will absolutely enjoy it and love it <laughs> hey. yourself out <laughs> well yeah i mean i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like it's not mostly me 
It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. The problem. It's me. me. (laughs) Oh, I have a confession. I like Taylor Swift. I don't. I like Taylor Swift a lot. You know what was banned? You know what was banned from being played at my wedding? Taylor Taylor Swift. Swift. Yeah. Sorry. That's Taylor Swift. It was the opposite. It was the opposite at my sister-in-law's wedding because she loves Taylor Swift. So it was like so much. That hi, I'm the problem. It's me. That's Taylor Swift. Yeah. 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 I'll be honest. I don't listen to a lot of radio, so I don't really know. Isn't that the uh, sexy baby song? Yeah. Isn't that the same song? Is that she says everybody's a sexy baby. And I always laugh when I do hear it because we listen to the radio and pandas in the car. But yeah, like whenever it plays on the radio, I always laugh. But yeah, I didn't know it was Taylor Swift. I like some of her stuff. I don't like others of her stuff, but I respect her hustle. I'm going to be problematic here for a second and say I didn't like her reputation era, which I know actual Swifties will probably gun for me because I said that. I'll be honest. I wouldn't know the difference. I just know like a few of her songs and I'm like, I like this one. And I mean, I guess if any of us are going to get attacked by the Swifties, it's me because I said I straight up just do not like her music. She's got a great voice. Her music's not for me. Yeah, it's just not your thing. And that makes sense. I like some of her stuff. I like that she writes her own music and that she has clawed agency for herself. I respect her as a person. I just kind of like some of her songs. Not a super fan. That's fine. I'm not going to consider myself a super fan. I like a Mm -hmm. lot of her stuff. But there's a few eras I wasn't in. What are her reputation era songs? Where it's like, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Oh, because she's dead. dead. Yeah, like that whole era of pop. When she really started getting into pop music, it was like a revenge era, reputation era. I don't know. I didn't really keep up with it because I fell off really hard there. And I started liking her again really hard with Red and Folklore. And Mm. then I really enjoy her newest album, Midnights. Oh, right on. And I like her old country stuff when she was country that's when i liked her and then when she started going really pop i was like i'm not digging her pop sounds but then it kind of evolved and then it kind of turned a little bit more indie and i really enjoyed that yeah i think that's why it's easy for me to find some songs that i like because she definitely has a diverse discography in terms of what all she has going on so 10 out of 10 666 amber also said 10 out of 10 666 and lilith is a hater and said 350 Okay. <laughs> Loch Ness Monster vibes need about 350. Need about 350. Yeah. Is the bell ringing? Yeah. That bell be ringing. Bell's ringing. Bye. I think I punched through my milk bag. <laughs> What? <laughs> Wait, are you talking in real life? You're actually like looking. So I'm like, oh no, no. I was just thinking about what I got in trouble oh. for during lunch when I was hit. What a train wreck this outro is. <laughs> bye, bye, bye.